0: The guest on the podcast today is one who's really grabbed social media by the horns and made a commitment to post every day to enhance his presence on social media. Now, we don't work together, but it's been great to see social media content grow and change. And I think this will be really useful for mortgage brokers out there who aren't sure where to start, what to post, or or how to be strict with the amount of content that they put out there. Um, also as a side note, the branding on the website is absolutely stunning. And I'm excited to see how that we'll be speaking about um, how Jonathan's team's growing and how that branding really become comes to the forefront on the social media posts. So Jonathan has been a mortgage broker for five years. And has had Sterling Southgate for the last twelve months, so he's got the experience, and it's going to be great to talk to him today about how things like downloadable guides help him gain business. So, welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. Thanks very much for coming on. No, thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. And uh, this is going to be uploaded to YouTube as well. And there's the Tottenham badge in the background. I can see.
1: Um, Hi uh, there, <laughs> England Rugby. Obviously, living in Wales, England Rugby for obvious yeah. reasons, and then obviously, you know, with. With, with King Harry banging in the goals for England yet again recently, um, it's don't right to do it. It's just, he's the only one at the minute, isn't it? It was a bit worrying the other night, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, nervy. For the Euros, didn't we?
0: And then it yeah. all just clicked. Hopefully that's the same thing, hopefully. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to get the first part, is really get a bit of a background to who you are, because I'm really excited to get into the social media side of it. But if you could give us a bit of a background as to who you are, because you used to be in golf,
1: didn't you? Yeah, so um, I've, I've done a few jobs across <laughs> across the last 20, 23 years, I suppose. Yeah. So I started, um, I was working in a pro shop um, and then as, as assistant golfer at uh, my local club when I was, the club I grew up in, in yeah. the southwest of England. Um, I then, it was a funny story. I, I was working there mainly doing lessons rather than actually getting out and doing, you know, um, doing any playing any golf myself. So at that point, I realised, you know, this is going, this is probably going nowhere. I wasn't good enough really to be a pro, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't putting enough hours to do it. So I then flipped and went, okay, what can I do next? And. My job. Um, my dad gave me an option. He said, "Look, you can either go and get a your job yourself, or you can work in the local factory, which was um, a, um, a pre-packaging food factory." So I was like, "I like food, but not that much, right?" So, um, so yeah. So it just happened. The guy walked out. Of the, the guy walked out of the um, clubhouse when I was up there. Handed him a CV. He said, "Yeah, come and have a chat with me." He was an estate agent who owned uh, who ran a local estate agency branch. Went there, started working with them. It was a country agent uh, on a, an apprentice wage, about three grand a year. Um, so really, you know, yeah, really cutting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and worked there for a year and then basically went from there onto a different company, onto a different company and I was managing offices within inside five years of starting. So the first 15 years of my last 20-year career have been in property. Um, so estate agency buying, selling, also developing out our own properties as well. Um, so yeah, and then I made a transition from going from residential to commercial then to mortgage advice. Um, so it's it felt, for a bit I was doing commercial broker and um, from mm-hmm. commercial property and it was like, dealing with facts, figures, numbers, great, but you didn't really get the person behind the deal. Right, yeah. And that's why I wanted to get back into people's living rooms back to advising in some capacity, but I knew I didn't want to necessarily go straight back to a state agency, I wanted to try something different. And that's how I got into mortgage advice really, because it was the impact of being able to help that person with that life, lifestyle change or changing their sort of, whatever, whatever they, they were looking to do, but um, on a different level.
0: Cool. So it's, it's good actually, you've got a well-rounded knowledge of the whole property industry then, from the lettings to the sales. To- yep. It doesn't matter if it's a landlord, a first-time buyer, or somebody buying – do you do commercial?
1: Or is it so we, we don't do we don't do commercial and any
0: residential here at the moment. But you've got a knowledge of pretty much everything, yeah. haven't you? So they can come to you, and
1: yeah. even though they're coming to you about the mortgage, you still have a knowledge of everything? Well, this is it. I mean, having dealt with business transfer, buying and selling large-scale care businesses, which was one of my jobs, yeah. I was looking at profit and loss. I was looking at the directors' businesses. We also had a hand in improving that – business as well so giving them advice on how they could improve that business obviously that sits outside the remit of where we are now but i can look at a set of p i can look at a set of directors accounts and know instantly where they are and the same from the sports side you know going back to the golf and other things i've been involved in but if ever we get professional sports people come along we know where their where their incomes coming from their image rights via a limited company um they've got they obviously they're club fee and national fees international fees so we can kind of we've got a big remit when it comes to dealing with clients because we've seen we've seen these things from dealing with them firsthand either as professional or professional golf or right through to business transfer so yeah a big old mix
0: here's a question for you if you went out with a client would you let them win on the golf course
1: never no in fact the um the, this is this, this is a true true story so the guy I handed the cv to I ended up because it was a local club I ended up playing in a club competition like it, it was ball competition like a week later right. and yeah absolutely rinsed them. we beat beaten like five and four and <laughs> I think that, that and I think this is the thing about sport right that level of competitive edge I think especially if it's been individual sport so I was a, I was a county swimmer good golfer, um, and typically and karate and these kind of things are all individual sports. I love playing football, I love playing rugby, did, did to a okay standard and cricket as well. But the whole that that level of commitment that sport gives you when it comes to business, I think there's complete parallels there. You know you, you know that you have to go into sprints of 90 days or th- three months to six months to get to a particular standard of doing something. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of set me up perfectly for business.
0: It's, it's interesting talking about business. I don't think this can be applied to any businesses. Month on month, what you tend to find is when you work for a big corporate agent, you're always, work, you're always trying to beat the other branch or beat the other salesperson. Mm-hmm. When you're on your own, you're trying to, I find myself trying to beat myself. What yeah. yeah. Doing this time last year, what what was I doing this time? Six months yeah. ago, so, and that that might be in terms of productivity, it might be in terms of turnover, it might be in mm. terms of market share in your particular industry. Yeah. You're always, and I think that's ingrained. If you if you've been in that
1: sports industry, you've always got that desire to. Be yeah. Active, you? Yeah. It, but it, completely left field, but one of the best quotes I've ever seen is from Matthew McConaughey when they asked him, "Who do you look up to?" And Matthew McConaughey turns around and says, I look up to me in five years time. And then I look at then in five years time. I look up to the guy who's five years ahead of me because I know exactly where I want to be. And I'm always looking at that person thinking this is the person I need to become to be able to do this job, this role, whatever it is. So really good quote.
0: So would you obviously you have been in five years in business now, five years ago, would you have seen the business where it is today? when you started
1: yeah so um having gone from working underneath an umbrella to working under my own brand I think it was something I always wanted to do um but I wouldn't have seen it in it happen this quick I don't think I always thought that I'd be working for someone else for sort of six seven years then once I've got client bank broker and um, break out on, you know, on my own but the pandemic brought everything forward so quickly Right. So I think when we look at the impact the pandemic had and the way that it just made the whole of the UK seem like it's on your doorstep because people were used to Zooming. They were used to picking up you picking up the phone. They no longer wanted you to drive two and a half, three hours to sit down with them. And there was an element of trust there from a client that never been seen before. If you try and do everything over the phone or over Zoom historically, I think there was a risk that you wouldn't be able to read the client. You wouldn't be able to understand their needs and you wouldn't be able to effectively do the job. Pandemic changed all of that, and it made like my client base of twenty five percent inside the M twenty five, across the south of England into South Wales. You know, it made those clients instantly accessible via a WhatsApp group for a property search. These kind of things, right? So, yeah, I think that's if you if you'd said five years ago, would I've wanted my own business? Absolutely, but I wouldn't have envisaged it being this quick. Being this quick. It's interesting that you talk about the WhatsApp group. Could you talk us through that? What you? help clients because you're
0: if, if anybody follows jonathan on social media and i hope you do after, after this um podcast you
1: are so personal with clients aren't you and that is
0: like testament to you but it's one of your values of
1: your business 100 i think you know clients are right at the heart of every should be right at the heart of every decision you make as a business owner because without them what's your business there's nothing it's just a brand in the ether amongst other brands so how how i've tried to kind of set us apart is by giving them almost that extra layer of service and it doesn't take any more time right so one of the things that we do when we've got a couple come to us and they're interested in getting some advice about first-time purchase or remortgage or moving home once they're happy and on board i'll slip them into a whatsapp group like it might be chris target and property search Mm -hmm. and in that group they can drop in they can drop in um, like right move links to properties they're interested in Zoopla links so we can see the stuff so we've got visibility as advisors of the stuff that they're viewing the stuff they're interested in and we can give them like even if it's a little question like oh you might want to ask them about that flat roof at the back when it was last looked at Uh so it just gives them that extra confidence so they're better informed when they walk through the door and they're speaking to that estate agent that they've got a different level of confidence like they've got somebody else in their corner that's fighting for them to make sure they get the best deal and that they're not that they're not sort of they don't feel like they're hard done by for any reason like they turn up and they think oh that roof looks great with a professional's eye or someone that's been in the industry long enough that can say those ridge tiles don't look right you need to have it ask them when the last time it was looked at all these kind of things so it just it just gives our clients another another way to accept and uh, to access us Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it also allows you to set expectations you know we part part of good service is is setting those expectations so when they get put into that group if they message in the morning they're guaranteed to get a response by close of business message in the afternoon we'll do our best to respond by the evening if not every first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. so we can set those boundaries for clients third thing it does is it allows them to get any concerns off their chest about any part of the process Mm-hmm. so um and you, you can also get excited with them right because it's meant to be a really exciting process buying or selling a house yeah. and then you, you kind of feel like you're part of that family you know um so yeah it's, it's a great it's a great tool i think these kind of to have the power of these kind of things in our hands at this day and age it's like and no other market i've ever known it's it's, it's fantastic to be that involved
0: it's it's such a nice thing my mom and dad my mom and dad sold before christmas and i obviously had the the knowledge of the estate agency to help them but if none of us in the family knew about a state agency yet they turn around and said to me, Oh, this guy called Jonathan's added us to a group and we can drop any questions in there. It's, it removes that formality of an email. So it doesn't feel really formal, but then it takes away a feeling silly phoning you and asking you something. It's that middle ground, isn't it? That they feel confident enough to ask it, but they know that they're not imposing on your day. 100%. Hundred percent. Love that WhatsApp. That's the great. Answer. And
1: then, and the way that most clients open up, open up a question on that is, oh, I'm sorry, I know, I know you're super busy, but I wondered if you could answer a question like this. Yeah. And do you know what? That I, know, I say it at the end of every single first appointment, every single first call, whether it's face to face call or WhatsApp, whatever it is. Um, At the end of the first call, I always state that there's no such thing as a stupid question. I'd rather you air stuff in this forum so we can resolve it, deal with it and move on. Than you sit there, think about it and fester on it because it will just people have different capacity of of dealing with certain questions and, and, and concerns. And the last thing I want is for a client to be sitting there worrying about something that I've got the answer to. So, so just put it in there. And if we can't answer the question, we'll tell you exactly where you need to go to get it. So whether it's their solicitor or an accountant or whatever it is. So yeah. Yes. Is-
0: how will it work as your business gets bigger? How will those WhatsApp groups work if you're not able to respond to them directly? Will okay. you have an admin staff or how would it work?
1: Yeah. So we'll have we'll have um, we'll have probably a, a client management team that will will we'll cover those areas. I mean, there are, you can get. Um, you know, VAs to to look at these things as well. So, um, um, yeah, or a PA to to deal with these kind of things. I think my my job, I think, will will change obviously a lot over the next three to five years as our plans come to fruition. But the advisors we get come in. I want them to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. So I want them to have all the red tape administration stripped away from them, so they literally can be client focused. So there should never be a reason why they can't. Do what I'm doing, you know, to make that call to to reply to that WhatsApp. You know, that's love it. That, yeah. That's the client part of the journey, right? And yeah. as advisors, we need to be we need to a be held to account, but b be able to be there for our clients when they most need us. Love it, and and you are all about adding value to that client. And we'll talk about
0: these downloadable guides as we yeah. get into the social media section. But as we go into the social media section. I just wanted you to quickly touch on, you had a commitment to yourself to start uploading to social every day, didn't you? Yeah. Are you seeing any results yet? Yeah.
1: So really interesting. Um, So I think a lot of these things are trial and error. Okay. So by committing to, to, to upload to social every single day, I think especially given the different platforms that are available, it's enabled us to kind of, grow our presence, gain authority, but also to have a nice backlog. So I've mentioned to you earlier that I was I wasn't well like two weeks ago. But luckily I had a backlog of of um say backlog, a back book almost wow. of of um of social posts. And knowing that not every single person has seen everything I've ever done, I could just pop up on my stories a link to this video and then a link to this post. So the content stayed there. For the for the whole five days that I was out of the business, I want. To, um, sorry to butt in there. I want people to really take a note of this
0: because if you are listening for social media tips, whenever you upload a post, not everybody's going to see it. So even if you posted it a month later, two months, three months, five months, reuse that content. That content, the majority of the stuff that you're going to put out will be evergreen, unless you're talking about rates or things like that, which. I wouldn't recommend doing because they can be pulled and there's a lot of compliance uh, issues around that. But the content that you're creating today, you could repost in six months time. And that's exactly what Jonathan's saying. He fell ill, but he had a catalog of social media content that he could pull out of the bag and repost. Sorry to interrupt you there, Jonathan. No,
1: that's perfect. I, mean, I think you've nailed it. I mean, that that, that catalog having that stuff from first time buyers to, um, to whatever, it, whatever it happened to be. So I think for, for me, doubling down on one to two platforms was my out, was the main aim from the start of the year. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at, say, um, LinkedIn was an area I thought I'd get more response than I have. So I was posting every single day initially, but now I've pulled that back to once every other day or once every three days, but I'm engaging more with people on that. Yeah. So I'm actually... I'm flipping the script a bit on, on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is now for me, it is all about social. So you you engage with other people. You really take interest in what other people are doing. That's the way to grow your brand in my view on, on LinkedIn. And then you drop in your post every couple of days or, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday are working pretty well for me at the moment. Um, Facebook community pages seem to be like pretty decent. So I don't. Again, if I'm posting, I I think I mentioned this um, to you once we when we spoke before. I tend to use like Facebook groups, like local Facebook groups and stuff like that. Yeah. But but Instagram for me has been a bit of a game changer. That's the one that's really I think the commitment of posting or being visible at least daily Mm -hmm. is that's the one that's kind of paying dividends. I've got a number of clients off the back of Instagram I never thought I'd get, you know, people that I've never met that you've never met, and
0: this is this is the power of it, especially since COVID, it's be, as you said at the beginning, it's been a lot more acceptable for people to do di- business digitally. Mm. Could you talk us through, say for the last week, last five, six days, yeah. what have you uploaded to social media? So say for Instagram, for example, because it's a question that a lot of people ask. Yeah. What have you uploaded to your actual grid? What yeah. have you uploaded to stories? Have you created reels? Have you done videos? I just want
1: people yeah. to get a sense yeah. of what you're doing. So I tend to look at the grid in three different columns. So I want a set, not the central column, but a column to be video content. Okay. okay. So it's nice and easy for people to scroll through and click on their videos. Mm-hmm. I then have one line of the grid, one column of the grid, which is more branded content. So mm-hmm. it will be branded with Sterling Southgate branding. And then another, another, the final third um column i'm only looking down because i'm looking at my phone as i'm running through it just to remind me um but then i'll put in uh, either a, a personal post so a photo of myself a wife the dogs whatever it might be um one that's working really well at the moment for engagement is um writing a post in my notes on my phone then mm-hmm. doing a screenshot of that so in a notes section on my on my iphone i'll Right, write a uh, post. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one, for instance, let's start with why is the headline. This why do you want to move home? Why do you want to buy your first home? Why do you want to remortgage? Those three questions. And then I put something in the caption that kind of bulks that out a bit more. Oh, okay. So it's, it's effectively trying to trigger people on their question of why they want to do something. Mm -hmm. um so that's the way i've done it so um i've done it reels are really good so reels i find are fantastic for reach so kind of getting as many people out there as possible um sometimes it's the silliest things i've never danced on camera or haven't yet i don't don't say i I don't say i won't ever but you know i'm not completely shameless um but things like i think people really enjoy seeing things parts of your family as well Um, so some of the posts I get the most engagement from me with the dogs me with the wife video of the dogs doing something stupid but that's where reels getting the getting this kind of exposure for the business and then obviously I've tried carousels as well haven't had much luck with them but in the last week I'd say reels um, a little video a couple of those posts on the notes and then um, a couple of branded posts so
0: yes, much to on that. A takeaway note from that is, I bang on about branded content all the time, but not every post has to be branded. Yeah. Jonathan there has just said, this is no excuse. You can upload to social media by literally writing something in your notes and screenshotting it. Mm. Don't procrastinate, do that, upload it. It could be as simple as what is a fixed rate mortgage? Yeah, screenshot it, <laughs> upload it. And I think that removes any excuse for people to say, I haven't got the time to design posts. I haven't got the time to create something that's branded. That's absolutely fine. Do, try that note. Go and have a look at Jonathan's Instagram and you'll see an example on there. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. so one, one of my favourites was, um, and this is just, again, a little th- a little call to action for people, was um, like a to-do list. So I just put like, 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 a, like I, when I go out shopping and do that stuff, I always do a list. I yeah. put like a little thing next to it. So one of the to-do lists I had was, um, mortgage to-do list. Where's this one? Let me get it here for you. Right. Yeah, from ex, to do from exchange of contracts. Um unchecked are dig out all the buildings cover quotes, phone insurer to start building cover, phone insurers to start life life around critical illness cover, or then the ticked parts are as a standing, as a standing South Indian client, we start all relevant policies. And the second tick is you can relax and celebrate enjoy, and celebrate exchanging on your new home. And that kind of stuff is like, it's just so visual, but it doesn't need to be a picture. It doesn't need to be anything. It can be literally just text. One bit ticked, one bit not. The bit you want them to really like okay. lean on and understand.
0: And, and that's, that will be a mix between your branded content and that yeah. stuff that's just very ad hoc Yeah. Oh, good idea, let's do that. Yeah. If I, I want to kind of nip social media in the bud there because we've, we've, we've talked so much about it. I want to get into these downloadable guides that you offer. Yeah. So okay.
1: what do they do and how do they benefit your business? Okay, great. So um, I, I, one thing I wanted to do when, when I started the business was to try and give more value to the market than I was getting. So I think the biggest thing for a client, in, in a Sterling Southgate client, is that we, they always leave them more educated than when they first came to us. Okay, And one of the ways to do that was by creating consumer guides. So from a business perspective, it could be seen as a lead magnet. But from our perspective, 100% is down to educating that client and giving them a bit more of an understanding of what they're getting themselves in for. So as a business, the way we operate is we have those guides, sometimes on an advert, a Facebook advert, sometimes just directly from our um, link tree, which is a link in our bio, and um, I don't know if you want to touch on that a bit more in a minute, but the link tree element. So in a link tree, it will say download our free guide our five top tips for first time buyers or remortgaging, whatever it is. So those clients can then hit that link, download the guide. And what it then does uh, behind the scenes, because we've got this the sort of sign off, they're okay to send them that guide and follow up. They then go into a bit of a sales process with us. So they'll be sent an email that will say like a thank you email with a video. Mm-hmm. And we're fleshing this out. Actually at the moment, our videographer going through and, and changing a few things in there. So there'll be a thank you. Um, thank you video. Then there'll be um follow up a couple of days later with, I don't know, um, uh, budget planner a couple of days later with a testimonial and then all we're doing is trying to just keep that client warm through that whole process because not everyone's ready to do business the moment they download a guide yeah. i think this is where i've gone wrong historically at previous companies whenever a leads come through you think this person's we got call them now or and if they don't answer their phone and three four days later or five days later they haven't answered their phone like that's it that's the end of that lead we've been them this effectively enables us to stay in touch with that client and allow them to come to us on their terms when they've had enough value from us. Mm-hmm. Once they've seen how much we're willing to give up front, then invariably it becomes more pull marketing than push marketing. Yes. So that's, that's how the guides came into it. So we've got a first-time buyer guide, a remortgage guide, home mover guide. It's all based on 20 years' worth of experience in the industry, right? So I've seen the pain points for people in the past. And the last one we've got is a protection guide. So it gives you the belt and braces, what you need to know about life cover, crypto illness cover, income protection, all that good stuff and family income benefit as well. So
0: yeah. And they can refer back to that. I just, I love the idea of those guides that you are, and I like, and I, I 100% believe you that the point of doing those is to educate people. You're not doing it to enter them into a sales funnel.
1: I think that's part of a, that's like a secondary benefit of doing that yeah that came later like yeah. that, that literally kept I mean, we, we designed the guides we put the guides out so every single person who called us to or arranged an appointment with us we'd ask them but what category are you in first time buyer, a home mover And i'd send them a guide mm-hmm. and that guide then gave them a bit more comfort in like there's some authority behind this business it's not just mm-hmm. some some guys so just not just another mortgage advisor which i say that without any malice at all but the concept being we've given them more value so that they're more likely to say okay well, we've now got something for free there's so from the social from the social science side of it people are more likely to engage um and it's so um, much
0: if you think about it from a very simplistic point of view and i know email marketing isn't simplistic but If somebody's sat at work and an email pops up on their phone and it says Sterling Southgate, it's so much easier for me to reply to you and say, need to book an appointment, than Mm -hmm. it is for me to go onto social media, go onto Google, find the yellow pages, find a mortgage broker that I might not trust, Mm -hmm. go and get in touch. And not that they're not trustworthy, it's just that I've got no relationship with them. You're there on my phone, and that's where Mm -hmm. Instagram stories work very well because you're there, I can see you.
1: It removes the friction of me Mm -hmm. getting in touch with you I just yeah, said absolutely. And I think that's that's what we're all about, removing the friction in every part of our process. Yeah. So I'll give you, for instance, so when we're in Facebook groups, I mentioned them earlier, when we get tagged in a Facebook group, our local Facebook group for someone looking for a mortgage advisor, we've got a very set process that we go through. So we're not just going, thank you very much, and then hope that person calls us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: in that In that Facebook group, whenever somebody... Um, mentions our name first thing we do is thank the person who's normally a previous client recommended we'll then reply to it with a link to our um facebook and then reply to that reply with a calendly link straight into our diary so it's completely frictionless if you've got 20 other mortgage advisors being tagged in that one post Who are they going to look through? And the one that's going to bulk it out more is going to be the one with Sterling Southgate on it. It's going to give you where you need to go to get your authority on the business. And it's going to give you an easy in in to just click a button and book a call. But I love really the idea friction. of
0: the can-do link. I think it's a, it's a great way to do it. Right, perfect. Well, we're going to now get into the strategy question. I love this question on the podcast. I hope you do too. I hope you've got your. Uh, I, I kind of ask people this before they come on the podcast, so they're not caught flat-footed. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating mortgage business?
1: Okay, so um, so yeah, this is a really interesting one, and I think this this is. We've been through this in the last 12 months so yeah like, yeah, exa- yeah you did exactly what so, well. so, so it's, like, it's, it's pretty pretty easy but well, we haven't moved to north of scotland but it's still the concept of being dropped in an area and with no business yeah. um so i think I'd you know first thing i'd do would find find the, the local coffee shop because i'd need a drink having traveled 300 miles to, to be dropped off nowhere so i'd find the local coffee shop and i'd probably go on a, a process of first looking at what local um hit right, right move find out all the local estate agents so pick the phone up to all the local estate agents find out if you've got any introducer agreements because that's normally quick business mm-hmm. um if you're building authority again in that area i'd be documenting everything on on instagram so i'd make sure every shop i went into every place i visited Everything I did, I tagged that business in it to make sure that they were getting exposure. Ergo, I'm getting exposure. They'll probably pop it onto their stories as well. Okay. Um, I find all the um, local business networking groups. So like go on to Eventbrite and find out what free groups there are as well. Mm-hmm. So... There's three predominant areas there. So using socials to tag, to geotag, tag the location of where you are. So that yeah. so when people are searching that location, you, you are there more frequently than anyone else. Um, making sure that you're leveraging all local contacts. So estate agents, um, solicitors, accountants, people like that. And then obviously attending as being as visible as you can. Go and attend groups face-to-face, go to those. Now we're allowed to, thank God. Going out and spending time, in front of people building your own personal brand in that area. Yeah. So Eventbrite's a good one for that. But, a
0: good
1: one. But, but yeah, Eventbrite. Would be yeah, the best getting in your,
0: good your face out there. So it's interesting because you're very big on social mm-hmm. for you to kind of say, no, 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 I wouldn't. You haven't really mentioned the laptop, the Internet connection or the mobile phone. Yeah. You're using that to find networks face to face. And I assume and please correct me if I'm wrong. You will then speak to them. Follow my socials. One hundred percent off the back
1: of it, right? Okay. 100%. Yeah. So, so I think I think there's a greater impact because obviously, as with the best one in the world, unless you hit something that goes viral very quickly with socials, it's a time spent thing. Yeah. So you've got to be in it. It's time in rather than timing. I mean, mm-hmm. you might get the odd reel that gets to like 10,000 likes or whatever, and 10,000 views, and you get a bit more exposure that way. But it's a bit of a medium-term game, not long game, but the more time you spend on socials, the better. But if you can spend time with local business people local introducers and tag them in all the content, you get them into a social selling mindset, and then you can kind of create an ecosystem around you of good introducers. Because, I mean... One of the first things I did when I set this business up, obviously the socials was extremely, extremely important to start documenting the journey. Mm -hmm. That was only so that when we get to year one, we've got a back back catalogue of stuff there. And when the meeting introduces, it's more like there's more to see of us. But getting in front of people, being personable, you never know. I mean, when I first started here and started the business, I went to some local free events, like free events, networking events. And it was uh, like you I met an accountant who had two or three clients that needed help that's instant money yeah. um solicitors less so but accountants uh, property professionals estate agents then if you don't offer- forget these even if they haven't got any leads these are still
0: people that will more than likely need a mortgage yeah, so yeah, even if you don't get any leads it's, it's you introducing that person that John Smith oh actually I needed I haven't got any leads but be honest with you, my mortgage is up next month. It's, it's yeah. As you said, that's the quick money. Your social media
1: is your long-term yeah. gap, isn't yeah. it? That's what you use it for. But I think the documentation is really important there, Chris. I mean, like if we look back at, um, everything we've done over the last 12 months there was definitely a difference between the time and when we weren't documenting what we were doing on a near daily basis now that could be a check-in with check-in on instagram as i do on in the morning on stories just saying this is what i've got lined up for today mentioned obviously podcast i'm doing a few clients i'm speaking to then i'll do probably an evening one of checking and say oh, i've helped this client help that because you never know who's watching and who's listening um again it could not be the right time right now but i've got um i've got a cl- they're now a client but a person who's been following us on social since mid-january um she's a, a relocation agent in somerset never met her never liked any of my stuff never commented on any of my stuff popped out, out of the blue oh i've got um i've could wonder if you could have a quick call with us we're we're, we're thinking of buying this property and we just need some advice
0: she never,
1: she, you, she's never she's never interacted with never, anything you've uploaded never wow and and listen, the power of it. yeah because people people lurk in the background They're, and they don't want to get involved necessarily at that time so they might not have the confidence to mm-hmm. but trust me the time you spend on these things if you're consistent with it over a prolonged period of time it will start to pay and it's already really? starting to pay for us And we've only been doing it three months awesome. you know in that in, regular with that sort of regularity
0: And I just want to finish the podcast and a bit of an analogy that I uploaded to Instagram a while ago is if you think of your social media audience as a little town and you think of your social media posts as billboards around that town, if there's 10 businesses and there's 100 billboards and you post 70 of those billboards, every time somebody walks past that billboard, they might not necessarily take a photo of it. They might not take a selfie and send it to their friend in front of this billboard. But every time they walk past one, they consistently take in your brand. Yeah, that's exactly what social media is like. So you couldn't, you could not physically say what the ROI on a billboard is.
1: Mm-hmm. So why
0: do we expect the same from every single social media post?
1: And this is talking about billboards. This is the. Uh, this is a funny thing. Before Christmas, we were we were very close to signing up with um, one of these billboard companies to put some advertising in the local train stations, and actually when we work through the ROI it's just another visual tool yeah but but everything we would have done on those and we've put it put it back to mid-year now but everything we would have done on those would have directed us back to socials because I think that's that's where you can have the most clout And you can you can build authority really, really quickly using social media. Because people is it seven times people have to see you or something like there's a there's a yeah, there's there's a seven
0: the seven touches normally we sell in, isn't it? That's That's where it all came from. I'm not saying the billboards aren't a good idea, but what I'm saying is we you never put a billboard out and can analyze how many leads you've got from that billboard. And it's the same with social media, but that lady's a perfect example. Yeah, perfect, she's never engage with any content message you at all in six months yeah. yeah you're the one she comes to awesome mate thank you very much for no a little thank you i'd like to donate 10 pounds to a charity of
1: your choice which charity would you like Tommy's please um Cheers. yeah so last year my wife and i um, went through went through a bit of a painful time and, and they were fantastic so yeah 10 pounds is, is yeah brilliant if fantastic about that. That, don't i don't know
0: jonathan thank you so much for coming on guys please go and follow and um, your social media uh, we didn't really talk about this on the podcast but you're hiring a videographer aren't you already in
1: place yeah so awesome. the videographers there now churning through our old content making it pretty and and building out our brand as well so yeah really really grateful and we're building from the ground up with our marketing i think it's the most important thing you can do as a business fantastic thank you so much for coming on jonathan appreciate Thanks. it